Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Public Handicapper Podcast. This week, we will handicap the late pick five at Gulfstream on January 25th, Pegasus World Cup Day. This is show number 49, January 24th, 2020. Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's it going? Going great. I'm really excited about this Pegasus card. Just hoping the weather um, improves over today and we stay on the turf and have a fast track because it's just a really fantastic card to handicap. Should be a lot of fun to bet and watch tomorrow. The way I look at it, if they were on the turf last year when it was rain, it rained uh, all day, the day of the Pegasus World Cup. If they were on the turf then, uh, they should be on the turf tomorrow. So let's let's hope so. And this week we have a special guest. He's qualified for the NHC eleven times. He's won the NHC. He won eight hundred thousand and an Eclipse Award in two thousand seventeen. He's the original brainchild of the Pegasus Betting Championship. He's Ray Arsenal. Welcome, Ray. Thanks, Scott. Uh, thanks for that welcome, and uh, good morning, Chris. Hope everything's well. Everything's nice down here in Florida. I can see the sun today, so that's a good sign, and uh, we're hoping that uh, there's no more rain coming, and uh, like you guys said, that uh, we get fast and firm uh, for tomorrow because it's a great card. Ray, since, uh, since you were the original uh, idea maker for the Pegasus betting challenge championship can you tell us a little bit about the contest for people that are interested because i know you can still enter online yes you can play at uh express bet online and you can also play at uh santa anita and also laurel or right at gulfstream which is where you well where the excitement will be but if you can't make it to Gulfstream those uh, three locations or two in uh, online you can play and I believe you can sign up to the third race uh, tomorrow uh, and then uh, it'll be closed off and we're hoping to get a you know really good turnout we had uh, uh, over a hundred uh, pre-qualifiers on horse tourneys and express bet and at Santa Anita so we're looking for a big crowd hope to top last year we had 197 I know it was a two-day contest last year uh, the last two years and 12,000 buy-in uh, but this year is just a one day at 6,000 and uh, 5,000 starting bankroll and uh, Astronic group, they're putting in an extra hundred thousand to the prize pool, and uh, first and second place on track will uh, will get 
uh, first we'll get 10,000 and second we'll get 5,000. Uh, whoever's the, uh, has the best score, uh, at Gulfstream. So it should be a great time and a great day. And, you know, like I said, the weather holds up, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be really good. And, uh, looking forward to it and hope, hopefully I can, uh, come out on top this year or pick some winners. <laughs> well, the cool thing is that even if you don't enter, if you win $6,000 on the first or second race at Gulfstream, you can then enter the Pegasus contest online and roll with your $5,000 bankroll. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. I, I can't, but uh, most of uh, the Americans can. We can't play on express bets, so being Canadian, but yeah, for sure. And uh, this year is a different type of year for the Pegasus. Uh, we had a stipulation the last two years that you had to bet a certain amount of money on uh First year, just the Pegasus, and last year they brought the turf in. And uh, we had it originally that uh, you had to put 40% of your bankroll into the last two races this year. But when they came up with uh, the no race day medication and no Lasix, uh, we had a meeting uh, with Nate and the committee, and we uh, eliminated that uh, 40% uh, mandatory betting and uh now they just have to bet uh, four races five hundred dollars on the card and uh you have to wager your total of five thousand or more well i appreciate that because you shouldn't be forced to bet three thousand on pegasus or or the pegasus turf just you know bet your five grand and see how much money you can make out of that that seems like fair rule yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a, you know, it wasn't bad last year. We made, you know, to twelve, you had to bet three thousand on either or, and, you know, that that was the whole idea with with the Pegasus, uh, to you know, to make it the best race, the best betting race, and and but now with, like I said, with the little Lasics, uh, it's hard to handicap. I don't know how how anybody uh, can really spend a lot of time on these races. So. I'm right, hoping well, to uh, make my hit before the last two races. I'll probably still play them, but, you know, I'm hoping to be in contention before that. How many entries do you have? I have one. Uh, actually, I'm, I've, I've always par I partner up, <laughs> as you know, uh, with people. And uh, I, uh, I have a... a one with Alan and Lauren, we each have one. So, but we don't, we just do our own thing. Uh, we don't talk, we, uh, we just play our own horses and hopefully at the end, uh, uh, one of us has some uh, money in the account and we can just divvy it up. Chris, are you playing in the contest tomorrow? No, I'm not. I tried to win an entry last week and I um, didn't do so well. I had a little bit of bad luck. And I tried to win the week before, and I got disqualified on a big play. So I was over two, and I don't, I just don't want to put out the six thousand. I was hoping I could win my way in, um, being a little cheap here because I, I actually would like to be in the contest. Well, hopefully we can uh, guide people to some value plays this week. 
We are going to do the last five stakes on the Pegasus card, which will comprise the late pick five at Gulfstream. We will start with the eighth race. It's the La Preboante. It's a mile and a half on the turf for 200,000. Phillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. Ray, as our guest, you get us started. Who do you like here? Okay, uh, I'm just getting my notes. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the wrong end of the. I started at 12. Okay, I'm at race eight. Uh, is the, like you said, the mile and a half on the turf. Uh, quickly looking over it, I, I noticed that uh, the race was lacking speed. I only came up with one horse uh, that, I, that looks like lone speed, and it was the four Mean Mary. And uh, I happened to uh, look at my uh, software, Black Magic. Uh, before I when I did these races, and it also confirmed that uh, the the four was the lone speed, and uh, the eight latest version would be up there pressing, but it looked like the four should be long and lonesome to me, and the rest of them look like closers. So uh, I came up with uh, the four as uh, as my pick. I think uh, Graham Motion is a great trainer. I know he's got two in the race, but uh, I think uh, if the speed holds up, which it has been at Gulfstream, uh, I don't know what the rain and uh, that could change tomorrow, but uh, I would uh, look at him and I would also look at uh, using the six, uh, the Chad Brown horse uh, and... Uh, you just uh, see the, the 10 get explicit and my long shot uh, that black magic likes uh, would be the one La Australiana so but I would definitely be looking at the four okay so speed that did stand out to me as well her mother Jean Mary's mother Dam was a major turf synth stakes horse so certainly has the breeding for it. What did you think, Chris? Yeah, I think raise on to something there with Mean Mary. She definitely looks like she should clear early. She has an aggressive rider, so you don't have to worry about him grabbing on like many of the riders like to do. Um, he's not afraid to send a horse even going a mile and a half on the turf. So unless somebody does something crazy on another horse, I don't see how she doesn't um, get an easy lead, and she definitely has some breeding to get that distance. She hasn't been um, any farther than a mile and an eighth, but she's the the mare you mentioned, Scott, is by Dynaformer and was definitely a router and has produced routers. So I think uh, she's definitely a contender. I, I got to believe people are going to see that when they handicap the race, so I don't know if the horse you know, trained by Graham Motion We'll go off at eight to one, but boy, if you get that price, it's hard not to like that horse. Um, the horse I like maybe a little bit more um, is the three horse Kelsey's Cross, who I think has lots of upside, has never really run a bad race, has been an, in a bunch of races where really was against the flow going shorter, and now we'll get a chance to go a mile and a half which I think is 
really going to be in her wheelhouse. Her trainer, um, uh, Patrick Biancone, has been pretty hot of late in South Florida, at least by his standards. Um, so that horse, I think, will be finishing strong. And that one, I think, you really will get the 8-1 to odds, maybe even higher. Um, so that's those are the two I'm looking at from a pie standpoint. As, as kind of Ray hinted at, there's several other horses in here that are – you know, very strong contenders as well. Um, so this is a very wide open race, but I think you have to lean towards the price. And I think the best price among the horses, the five or six in here that I think are the contenders will probably be the three. And I like that horse as much or more as any of the other in the, in the field. So I'm with three Kelsey's cross and possibly four mean Mary, if you actually get that price. All right. I think... I looked pretty closely at Kelsey's cross and I liked the numbers that she's put up going shorter. I am a little bit worried about the mile and a half distance with the sire who I'm not as that familiar with, but who's the son of Indian Charlie and the dam who's a daughter of trippy. So it's a little bit sprinty that breeding. That's my only uh, my only qualm with that horse. The horse that I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on that is gonna be my pick as a price horse, but I certainly would would not toss Katie Paname. Um, the horse that I'm interested in at a price that can get in the money, and I'm not sure if she can win, but it's possible. That is the nine, Raining Lemons. Raining Lemons ran a very good number as a three-year-old. She hasn't improved on that number until her last race, where she finally matched that number as a late five-year-old. So in her last two races, she's put up her best buyers. They were also her best sheet figs. She finished second at 17-1, to and she finished fourth at 16 to one and it was just a solid race I, I think she's just she's now beginning to realize the potential that she always had her dam was a major stakes turf horse and her siblings were also very good and I just I can see Michael Matz and Tyler Gaffleon winning this at a price so I will absolutely include in pick five if I play it and I would also, I would, I would say that if you're not sure what to do in this race, maybe putting Raining Lemons in a try key box with a few of the others that you like could uh, result in something positive happening. She looked solid in her last race, and you know, she, she does have a bad post, so that is a negative. But I'm hoping that Tyler can work out a trip because he did drop back to last in his last race. Uh, maybe he can do that again. So, so my pick will be Raining Lemons, but I certainly respect Mean Mary, who would was my, my other choice in the race. That's an interesting can I just, uh Oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, uh, I, was, I was speaking with my buddy the other day, uh, Jerry McLennan, and uh, he, he made a good point. And I actually see, I don't know this mile and a half race, if it, if it matters, but the rail is at 96 feet. And I look to the next mile and a half race and I see the rails at 36 feet. And he kind of mentioned, and I kind of agreed that maybe the uh, daily racing forum should maybe somehow show somewhere where the rail is at. Cause I, you know, I know the further out, it's going to be a, a lot tougher on the outside horses. And I don't know why uh, one race has at 36 and one at 96. Would you guys have any thoughts on this? Well, I believe the racing forum does have that information somewhere. I'll look for it while while Chris comments. Well, I mean, right on the PPs, uh, you know, it says a mile and the sixteenth, and maybe beside it, it could, you know, when you're looking down the horses' lines, if uh, if it's running at Gulfstream, I know Saratoga, you know, they have a a square and a circle that tells you the two different uh, courses, and uh, you know, sometimes the rail's at 118 feet here, and I just it would be nice to know. Yeah, for some, I mean, I, Gulfstream moves the rails all over the place. I think it's mostly just to protect the turf course. So I think the reason um, tomorrow they'll have it at two different um, settings is probably just so they run over a different part of the track at the start of the race um, in those two races. Mm -hmm. And they do that a lot. I mean, they'll, like you said, yeah. there's mm -hmm. all kinds of settings. But I think it's just so they can move things around and, and maintain that turf course throughout a pretty long season of racing. And, you know, given all the wet weather they have. Um, but I agree with you that that can make a big difference. Um, how far that rails out some tracks, it actually helps the closers when they put the rails out from what I've seen. But I think at, at Gulfstream, the way it's set up where the turns aren't too tight that, um, the when they put those rails out, it definitely narrows the course and probably creates less room for the closers to find holes late. So I do think mm -hmm. it favors speed a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was a good point he brought up and I I've thought of that over the over the years. So, you know, maybe if they're listening out there, uh, they might uh, look at it. Well, yeah, definitely would be nice to know that information from past races. You can find it. I mean, where I usually look is in the entries. They'll they'll list the the settings, not necessarily in the in the past performances, but in the entries for the races. That's usually where I go oh, yeah. mm -hmm. to find that. Mm -hmm. but, right. but that's only for this race. It doesn't tell me what the settings were in the horses' previous races. So mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. we do have information on uh, formulator. If you go into, if it's the new formulator, you go into the statistics button and choose up run up and rail distances. And then you can look up by track. So I'm just looking up Gulfstream in January. And um, it says, it, it gives you information on all the racing days. Uh, it doesn't give the information on today, but like yesterday's turf race mm -hmm. was a turf beat and the previous racing day which was monday it was at 72 feet for uh three of the turf races and at zero for three of the turf races 
So I'm not sure. I, I still think that information is available, like where it is today. I just forget where it is. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I haven't been able to see it, and I, I don't have formulators, so uh, there's a good plug for formulator you just gave them. That's great. All right, I hope I'm well compensated for that. Yes, you should be. <laughs> All right, well, um, so in the interest of keeping it tight, let's move to the ninth race. It's the Inside mm -hmm. Information presented by Run Happy Matchmaker Series. It's seven furlongs on the dirt, $200,000 for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. Chris, why don't we let you go first this time? Well, this is sponsored by Run Happy. That's really surprising. I've never seen that before. Um, so, so, <laughs> um, so this race was pretty interesting in that it seems to be absolutely chock full of speed. And I love seven furlong races for fillies and mares that are chock full of speed because these races I've cashed many times at big prices on horses that come from behind. So that's the way I'm seeing this race. And I think you'll get some big prices because Spice Perfection will be a heavy favorite. And she could win the race, um, but she doesn't stand out in here by any means. So I'm willing to take a shot against her and play a closer in the race. I found three horses I kind of like. The one I that I'm the most interested in probably is the two-horse Wildwoods Beauty, who is a closer, kind of ran against a bias last time and got beat by the, the four-horse JP's Delight in this race. Um, but I think with a fast pace and a fair track, she can turn the tables on that one. She's kind of an improving sort. Um, she loves this seven furlong distance. That was the only time she'd ever been beaten at it. She's run, um, I think, four times at seven furlongs and won three with a second. She has a patient rider, uh, actually an upgrade in riders, and she gets a very patient rider in Julian Le Peru. He sometimes will drive you crazy, but I think he fits this horse real well, so I think he'll sit and finish, and I think that horse definitely can win this race. The other one I like quite a bit is right next to her, the three-horse Backrock Fashion, who um, is trained by a pretty hot trainer, um, Peter Walder, at Gulfstream. It's another horse that can stalk and pounce. Um, had a, kind of a tough, slow start, wide trip last time. The race before that, the dry, rider just grabbed for some reason. I don't know why. And then the race before that um, really ran a big race. So I think it could run back to that race a few back. And if it does with a nice stock and pounds trip, it could definitely win. It's 20 to one on the morning line. So there's several other contenders in here, but those are the two at big prices. Wildwood's Beauty at 12 to one, the two horse and number three um, at, uh, 20 to 1. Those are the two that I like the most. All right, Ray, what do you and Black Magic think this race? Well, I agree with Chris. Uh, 
looking at it, there's tons of speed and a lot of early pressing horses. And again, Black Magic agrees with that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, on the sort, there are like eight horses that uh, could be played uh, as long shots. So in this case, I would probably just lean to my eyes and looking at the PPs and uh, looking at the PPs, I have narrowed it down to four contenders. I honestly believe number seven, Spice Perfection, is, is the class of the field. This horse can run anywhere and win as it, as running line shows. He he runs everywhere, Aqueduct, Keeneland, Santa Anita, Del Mar. This horse can travel and win, and Peter Miller He's uh, he's pretty sharp with uh, these horses. Unfortunately, he's going to be too low of a bet for me as a win bet, but uh, in the multis, uh, definitely have to use them. And uh, the other three I like would be uh, the one that uh, Chris mentioned, the two and the four who ran. They ran together last time. He's an up-and-comers, undefeated three races. And the uh, funny thing about uh, the four is, uh, if you look, the owner, Eugene Callahan, he's uh, been a long-time contest player. And uh, I see him all, when I go to a different venue, California, uh, he was even at Woodbine this summer. He uh, really loves playing the contest. So it was nice to see uh, his name in there. And I'll, uh, sentimentally, I'll be cheering for his horse and probably have him on my uh, pick five tickets but the horse I came up with uh, would my choice that I will probably put some money on to win in place would be the 11 I really like uh, that uh, he's a great he has a great trainer in Shug Thank you, he sir. loves Gulfstream Pink Sands number 11 sorry Pink Sands he's 3 for 4 at Gulfstream he's 5 for 7 in the money uh, like I said, he's a great trainer. He's got uh, Jose Ortiz on him. He actually, I, I did notice when Chris was mentioning uh, the three, when he, he drew off and won by eight and a half, the next race he came up against Pink Sands. And maybe that was uh, little, uh that he bounced after that big number they gave him. But uh yeah, he, he he's one uh, as a as a real price you could look at, but uh, I think uh, number eleven would be a good play for me, and uh, the two and the four uh, will also give a good effort here. So, so I would be using the two, four, seven, eleven, and maybe throw in the three underneath uh, for my uh, exactor and my multi plays but I would press the seven and the 11 on the exactors. Okay. Well, this is an absolutely, it's, 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 it's so speed filled that the time form pace projector has blamed who will likely be on the lead. They have it in fourth. So that's how much pace there is in this race. I landed on Wildwood's beauty as well. Um, but, but another reason to like her out of her last race is right after the start, and this is a great thing about the head-on replays in Formulator, it's really easy to just click on the head-on, and right after the start, 
the horse to her inside, did something to her, and so like she she like veered over to the right, and Wildwood's beauty veered over to the right, and that could have affected her, and she was behind this pace which was not fast, and she just couldn't, she, you know, she was carrying more weight than JP's delight, so so that's an an excuse and. She has a couple of really nice workouts since that race. So I think that she could set a real cozy inside trip with Leperu while there's six wide battle on the lead. Could just be like two, three lengths behind that pace battle and uh, hopefully get through. So that I, I agree with Chris. That's my selection in the race. And um, I don't really... I, I think that this Nona's Madeline, who's the no, Nana Madeline, the six, definitely a slow horse, sl- much slower horse, but her debut race, she came from pretty far off the pace. And I think that if Johnny V, like, even though she won in her last race on the lead, it was an extremely slow pace. So she really had no choice but to be on the lead. And she stumbled at the start, which I just noticed. That's a price horse. I think that's, you know, you're going to get a price on Fletcher, Johnny B at 8 to 1. And it's, even though she's very slow, much slower than these in the figure department, she was fast as a two year old. And Fletcher at Gulfstream, you know, wins off the layoff. I think she could also surprise. So, so I, would, I, would, I would at least use those two in pick five action and uh it's kind of hard to leave the seven spice perfection off yeah i agree and i think you know pink sands you definitely have to include as well um that that ray mentioned i think you cashed on pink sands i think that last race where she had another really good setup in a similar kind of pace situation that was going a mile and she pretty much needed the whole stretch to get there. So this may be a little short for her, but she should get a setup again. Um, I just the time to have her was in that race. That was like her 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 payoff race, and uh, I'm I'm really not interested in anymore. Uh, pace wise, she does fit, so maybe I would include it somewhere in the pick five. Yeah, I was thinking more of the verticals. I would definitely include her if you play like exactas or trifectas or superfectas because she's liable to, you know, get up and at least get a piece. Yeah, and if she goes off at eight to one, um, she's certainly that she's she's value at, at that price if she does go off that high. Yeah, I well, I do think I know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Go ahead, Ray. No, I was just going to say that if if you beat the seven, if he doesn't run his race, anything in this race can win uh, uh, this race. You know, Jason Service, Pletcher, Mott, uh, it's it's loaded. But I'm yeah, trying, I, you know, we're all trying to beat him. So. That's right. I think if it's a fair track, a lot of those horses really don't have a chance. I mean, the pace is just going to be too hot. If it's a speed favoring track, I agree with you. It, it's just a total wild, you know, fight, finish. But if it's a fair track, I think the speed horses are not going to, to hold on in here. It, I'll be shocked. Maybe one of them could, but 
Um, I think it really sets up for, you know, the two and the three, seven, 11. Those are probably the four horses that could benefit from a really hot pace, I think, in here. Um, and I think the winner will come out of that and probably the exacta and trifecta. And like, if you can beat Spice Perfection, I think the horse doesn't lay the, it, it's a class of the race, but it doesn't lay over the field in here. Um, you could get a pretty good price in here in this big field, a pretty good exotic price is in here in the big field. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's hope that we can get through this leg of the pick five because it's also tough. And we'll move on to the 10th race, which is the WL McKnight Stakes. It's a mile and a half on the turf, 200,000. Ray, where did you land here? On this race here, uh, when I first looked at the race, I uh, I, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Michael Maker's got four horses entered here. He's tough when he has one. Now he's got four in this race. And normally, if there's a trainer that has two horses in a race, I tend to always look at the longest price one. But when he's got four in here, I don't know what to do. Anyways, and uh, I only see uh, out of this field, I only happened to look uh, that I only seen, according to the PPs I have in front of me, that uh, there's only one graded stake winner in the race, and and that was uh, the eight Pumpkin Rumble, and. Uh, the only the only negative I have about this horse, uh, he's a Canadian horse, which uh, I really uh, watch. I watch his races. He's won the Valedictory twice in uh, on closing day at Woodbine the last two years. He is 0 for 8 on the turf, but uh, if you look his 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 last start on the turf, a mile and a half, Canadian International, uh, he ran pretty good against. Uh, those superstars that come over from Europe. So you only got beat like three and a bit. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, being uh, uh, the, the graded stakes uh, winner uh, gives them an edge, I think, in class. So, And a lot of them that I notice have run for claiming tags over the years. Uh, so I'm not sure how strong a field this is, really. And uh, Black Magic, uh, it uh, has come up with uh, the 7 and the 10 and the 12 that uh, has early speed. So I'm not sure if there's a ton of speed in here, but uh, I think uh, it, it probably is right on. So uh, its top pick was a 7. Uh, this horse has been competitive uh He's run against uh, the two horses that are in the Pegasus uh, turf race and still regard Arclo only beaten a couple of lengths. So I think he'll, he has to be uh, in the play. And uh, I just had something that was just funny when I saw it. Uh, I'm just getting a little off. Sorry. But when I looked at the six WW, the, uh, Ron Pellucci horse, I look and I go, wow, this horse, he ran eight times last year and he won twice and he made 400,000. I'm like, 
what what's going on here? And then I look and look and I went, okay. So he ran in the Pegasus World Cup turf last year, and uh, I guess each horse got back three hundred thousand. So that kind of answered my question. But when I first looked, I went, wow, this horse uh, winning two races. That's uh, I wonder where he ran. But anyways, that would be uh, my top pick. Would probably be the eight, and I would use the seven and the one. I think the one Bill Mott. Uh, he uh, he should run big too. Okay, Pumpkin Rumble, uh, Canadian, st- kind of a star up in Canada, and 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 a major synth horse. Uh, I've always noted that he is uh, more, he prefers the synth. But um, uh, before I comment any more, uh, let's hear from Chris. What do you think in this race, Chris? Well, I. First, I just want to mention that the seven-horse cross-border, the maker horse that Ray mentioned, uh, is cross-entered in a race at Houston, Sam Houston Park, on the same day, Saturday. And given that maker has four entered, there's probably a good chance that he will um, run there. But I don't know. I haven't read anything into where he'll be running. But I just wanted to let people know that just in case you're in the Pegasus contest and you're going to make this your play of the day. You might want to dig in and find out if the horse is actually going to run. Um, Mm -hmm. Good point. uh, uh, This race to me is probably the most likely winner on the card is the one horse red Knight. I think he just towers over these horses and he drew the rail and he has Joel Rosario. I mean, he's just been um, much better than this. This is a pretty weak field after him. I think, I think pumpkin rumble, Loves the distance, but really is better um, on turf. American Tattoo, probably, you know, he's never been on the on the turf. It looks like he could be on the lead in here, but it seems like Maker is likely to send one of his horses, given that he has three or four going. So I don't think American Tattoo should necessarily get an easy lead. So to me, um, across border sort of figures, you know, he's the one horse that maybe has run well enough to run with Red Knight, um, but he might not even be in the race. So I think I, 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 I'm allergic to chalk, but I, I think this race, you know, Red Knight's the kind of horse you could single in the pick five if you're trying to narrow things down. I do have a live bomb. It's a horse I actually touted the last time it ran off the bench uh, in a race, and that's the two-horse Prince of Arabia. I I was wasn't touting it to win last time. I thought it might get a piece if it's ready to run off off the bench, but clearly that was just a prep at a shorter distance for this race. And this is the second start for Biancone and joining his barn. It was running in California. Uh, the horse had all kinds of bad trips when it was running out in California. Um, it's a horse I chased a couple times and just never got a good trip when I played him. But he draws the two posts. He can get the distance. Um, this is a really weak field, I think, after Red Knight. Um, I like the second off a layoff. Don't like the rider much, but this rider's done really well for the trainer. He's won 417 with a positive ROI. Um, so um, I just think that 30 to 1 morning line, that horse is one you can use and maybe get a Red Knight. Prince of Arabia in the Zacta and try, um, you might get paid. So I think Red Knight, very, very strong favorite. 
possible single and two Prince of Arabia, the live long shot to use with him in exotics. That's the way I see this race. All right. Well, it is nice to see when you look at Prince of Arabia, it's nice to see the mine shaft breeding and, and also Princess Haya. I'm looking her up uh, as we speak. She was, uh, she won the Canadian International with a 97 buyer figure at a mile and an eighth. And I, I believe that uh, the siblings have done well. Not sure about that. Siblings are okay. Siblings are okay. So, so definitely some class in that breeding. I, I think that's a, it's a great horse to use underneath. I also do like Red Knight. He's, he's a horse that I've been on many times. The only thing is, I think he's really going to get crushed here. He's not going to be three to one. He's going to be more like uh, six to five, seven to five, eight to five. So, so I'm going to go with a, another price. He is carrying 122, so there's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a handicap there. The horse that I would angle with against with him is uh, Appreciato, the three, who has positional speed is on the inside uh has a, like a circle back pattern and is just one of these improving maker horses sire skip shot can get a distance horse it's four for 13 on the turf it's eight for 13 in the money uh this would be the price horse for me and in the pick five i would only use shadow and red knight Yeah, that, you know, the, the maker horses do improve. And if you look, you could argue his best race was his one try at a mile and a half, too. So, you know, that I think that horse... On my, on my list that I didn't look at. <laughs> but, yeah, best number at the distance. So, yeah, I, I think that's a nice live price horse. I'll just toss out one other price horse in here. Uh, I try not to give out too many, but I've only mentioned two horses. Um is the five horse salute the colonel who I think fits in here really well ran really well at Gulfstream in the past. His best races have been at Gulfstream. Of course, all his races are at Gulfstream, but I mean, back in the last winter, he ran real well. So, uh, they gave him a little bit of time off in the fall and he's had one race prior to this. So I think he could be sitting on a best effort in here and his best certainly fits um, in in with these. And he's def, he's won at this distance multiple times, and he's twelve to one on the morning line. So you know, I think after Red Knight, it's pretty wide open, and you could use you know Key Red Knight with who will get bet. I don't think he's a win bet by any stretch. I just think he could be a single in the horizontals, but I think you can maybe catch some price horses underneath him even in the verticals as well. Okay. Yes, so I agree another, with that. Mm -hmm. That could be the easy race, right? The only thing is I'm thinking anybody who's playing the pick five, they, they're going to be singling Red Knight. So if you can get him out of the pick five, then that's your opportunity to have a bonanza payoff. The next race is the 11th. The Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational Stakes presented by Run Happy. 
to mile and the three sixteenths on turf. Purse of one million dollars for holds and up. Chris, why don't we get you have you start on this one? All right. This is a an interesting race. Um very wide open. I think a key when you handicap this race, the thing you have to start out is with is the distance. And it's a very unusual distance in US turf racing. I'd say 95% of turf routes in the US are either a mile, a mile and sixteenth, a mile and eighth, or a mile and a half. And anything between a mile and a half and a mile and eighth is pretty unusual. They do run a mile and a quarter every once in a while, like at Arlington and sometimes at Belmont, but at most tracks, you don't see them run a mile and a quarter. So this is an, a, a tweener distance. It's a little longer than the, the, the horses that are more the mile or mile and 16th, mile and eighth. And it's short, kind of short for the horses who like to go a mile and a half. Occasionally you get horses, this might be their sweet spot. So I think there's some of our old favorites that we've talked about many times on the pod, like you know, Zulu Alpha and Arklo and Saddler's Joy and Channel Cat. I like all those horses. I bet on them before in cash. But to me, this is this distance is much shorter than they really prefer. So I think they're contenders, but I'm not interested in playing in any of those to win at this distance. Um, so that's that's the first point I would make. Um, uh, the second part is there, there's a horse in here without parole who I was touting on Breeders' Cup Day in the Breeders' Cup Mile. Uh, it ran pretty well. Um, I thought it might fire off the bench. I saw a few workouts with bricks and mortar where I thought without parole had outworked bricks and mortar before that. So, and I was pretty confident the horse and the fact that Chad Brown spotted it so aggressively off a long layoff, I thought, you know, that horse might run big and it ran pretty well. It just wasn't ready to win that day, but now it goes second off a layoff and you know i think that and gets frankie to tory so i think that horse is a legitimate favorite you're not going to get any value but i do think he's the most likely winner but not invincible i'm this is more not on what he's done but on what he probably could do i mean this could be his bricks and mortar for this year without parole i mean that bricks and mortar kind of had his breakout race in this race last year um but uh so i i I'm not going to toss that horse, but I do think he can beat him. And the two horses that I kind of like to beat him were the first one I like the most is the admission office, the seven, who always closes like a freight train, doesn't always get the best of trips. Um, but he's been going shorter and running against the flow in some races. And now he gets a stretch out. And he's a horse who I think will really like going a little bit farther here than he has in the past. Um, I don't think he's a mile and a half, or I think he really is a, a, a mile or a mile on the 16th, mile and eighth type that um, just has a, a strong finish at the end. He's not a grinder type like some of the others that like to go a mile and a half. His last race, he just flew home, couldn't quite get there, started a little bit late, but going a little longer in here, uh, and if he gets a good trip, he could win it. And, he, and Flavian Pratt rides, who I really like on the turf. I think he's a great rider. Um, I think he's a little underrated. 
He's not the kind that would probably get bet at Gulfstream. Brian Lynch is the kind of trainer that probably won't get heavily bet. 30 to 1 on the morning line, that's probably off. But I do think um, he, he could uh, be a good price, probably not 30 to 1. So that's the one I'm most excited about playing in here. The other one I, I think is a possible value is the, the other Chad Brown horse, Sacred Life, who has been working with with without parole and I thought looked just as good or better as than without parole and really had no chance since last start to had just a brutal trip. So, you know, if it can work a trip from the outside, I don't know if you can get 12 to one on a Chad Brown horse, but maybe since without parole, we'll take most of the Chad Brown money and it's a big field. You might just get a price in here. So I think sacred life might be some, some value there. So I really like seven admission office. That's my play um, without parole. I have to respect him. He could run big, but he hasn't ever run yet a race that lays over this field by any stretch. And sacred life is the other Chad Brown who I think could run well. So that's, that's the way I see this race. All right, a ballsy pick. I I was sure you were going to go with instilled regard here, since you've been picking him on the turf and 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 he won last one over admission office. So I figured this is this is you figured this is going to be his day. There there is something to be said if you look at his uh, his turf figures. They are slower, but if he can pop a number that's as fast as his best dirt race is possible third off a layoff he he can win this race ray where did you oh. land oh. well i like i said earlier with this uh, no lasik uh, uh medication for these two races uh uh i, I really don't know how it's going to affect these horses some uh probably will uh will bleed and i don't know uh really what's going to happen. So I'm going to tread lightly on this race. I think myself, uh, if the four, if the 12 horse magic wand doesn't show up, then this is a very competitive race. If this horse does, uh, do its running. And I know the 12 hole will be a tough post for the horse, but he is by far the class over 4 million in earnings runs without Lasix all the time over in Europe. Uh, so that being said, uh, he's going to be the one of the favorites. I agree with uh, Chris that uh, Browns without parole will probably take uh, a lot of money too. I, I kind of look to see that there wasn't much speed in this race. And again, if the speed holds, I'm thinking that uh, JR will be sending Channel Cat. His, his, his latest wins come when he is on the leader just off. And this horse, he, you know, he's got a lot of hundred buyers. He's, uh, you know, she or he, he's, uh, he's, he's raced well. He likes uh, Gulfstream five for six in the money. So as a price, uh, there's so many in here you could use as a price. Uh, it's funny, uh, admission office uh, was uh, Black Magic's pick and also the 11. They stand out on top. Uh, as the in this program, and uh, they call them VIPs, and uh, they're price horses. So uh, those two uh, 
you know, could uh, definitely hit the board. And uh, I just think uh, with without parole, uh, should be uh, in the mix. He ran against uh, the Eclipse winner, Uni, and the champion got Stormy his first start over here and ran pretty good. So uh, I give uh, that horse a shot but probably too low of a price for me to uh, win bet. And the other one uh, who was, had a great uh, three-year-old year and coming into his four-year-old campaign is uh, the 10, Mo Forza. You know, Miller bringing this horse uh, from California tells me that uh, he, he really likes this horse. And uh, I got to admit, uh, this guy can train. So, and the horse has done nothing wrong. He's, uh, he, he's like eight for nine in the money on turf. And uh, with Rosario staying with him, uh, I think he'll run good too. Well, that's basically it. Uh, if you can beat the 12 uh, again, you should get paid. All right. Uh, Chris, sorry. I, I, I baited you with instilled regard and then, and then sent it over to Ray. What, uh, what were your comments on instilled regard? Well, I, I definitely think he's a contender. I just thought admission office was the better horse in that race. Actually, instilled regard just had a dream trip admission office had to come wide and fly late and i think the extra distance and and less than an ideal trip although with irad on and still regard he might get another ideal trip um i just like admission office better especially at the price i mean if you really get three times the price on admission office you know if you watched her last race there's just very hard to separate the two especially at this distance so it was more of you know the trips and price is why I um, lean towards admission office over instilled regard. Well, I, I will say this about instilled regard: I'm still uh, hesitant to pick him, and I'm not going to pick him on top. But he did run his best race at a mile and a quarter in the Kentucky Derby, and also had a nightmare trip in that race. So, so I would give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's. Let's let's just say this: that if I play the pick five, I will include instilled regard. Um, the horse that I'm going to actually land on here is a, a horse that is bound to get overlooked again, and still has a great shot, I think, and that is the one Zulu Alpha. He ran the best race of his life three races ago in the Kentucky Turf Cup at a mile and a half. There is some question whether he can win at the distance. He only has a third at the distance. He usually runs much longer. However, uh, he, his the pattern is right. He he started on the rail in the Breeders' Cup turf. I actually haven't had a chance to watch that race to see if anything happened, but he was my pick in that race, and he finished fourth, a, a, a length and a and three quarters off, bricks and mortar. And it wasn't his best race. His best race was September 7th. And he's circling back to that best race. His workouts are solid. Uh, I think the, the trip, the post is so important. And, and a horse that's proven that they can run on the inside is a horse that I want. And, and, and he's also two for three at Gulfstream. So, so my top pick is Zulu Alpha. The other horse that I'm interested in is... Sadler's Joy. He's 
eight to one morning line. I don't know if he'll be that high, but he should be at least five to one with all the other horses in this race. He's two for four at Gulfstream. He's one for three at the distance and is has been in the money in all three of those races. He's just he's in the best form of his life, and he he just rocked in his last race, and. Uh, he didn't do anything to take me off him. He, he ran a great race. He ran a great number. Matched his best number ever. Of course, it's just in fine fettle. So uh, I might, because this pick five is so tough, I may only use Zulu Alpha and Sadler's Joy in this race. Uh, it may be the only thing that can make the pick five affordable for me. Well, I You'll um, definitely get paid. I would, yeah. yeah, I would agree with you if this was a mile and a half race. I just think the distance is is not in the wheelhouse, especially for Sadler's Joy. Zulu Alpha, I could make a better case because that horse has a little bit more tactical speed. It's kind of a grinder type, which tend to run better at the longer distances. But and it does get Gaffleyone in the rail, so those are all pluses. But I would just be a lot more high on that horse at a different distance. But if it gets overlooked at 12 to one, I wouldn't talk anybody out of that. Um, if it was a mile and a half, I probably would pick Zulu Alpha in this race. If it was a mile and a half. Fair enough. Fair enough. But 12 to one uh, on the numbers, I'm, I'm going to, I, I, I tend to, allow a horse has a, a much better shot at shortening up and winning than stretching out and winning if they're you know if they, they've never won at the distance when it's a longer race that that is more indicative of their chances of not doing well than when it's a shortened shortened up race so you know i i understand that but he's I'm looking at he's got a win at a mile. He's got uh, a second at a mile and a 16th. Uh, he has a win, a nine length win at a mile and a 16th. So uh, I think he just has been, you know, he can run and win at a mile and an eight, a mile and a half, but he also capable. I, I, I just, I'm not going to let that take me off him that way. No, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, you like him. I know you've always liked that horse. So, um, yeah, definitely, he's he's some value there. There's no doubt. Okay, well, then that will bring us to the big event. Big event being the Pegasus World Cup Invitational Stakes presented by Run Happy. Mile and eighth on the dirt. It's only a field of 10 now with the scratches of Omaha Beach and fun to run i will say ahead of time that i believe that if omaha beach had run in this race and was healthy that he would have destroyed the field at a low price and it would not have been a good betting race but we'll uh we'll we'll let ray start this one what do you think I agree 100%. Uh, he would have been three to five. There would have been no value. And with the, the two of them out now, this is, becomes a very competitive race and a good betting race. And uh, my picks, uh, 
would be, and I'm all, I'm going to go with Black Magic this time. It, it it likes the one True Timber and the three Diamond Ops. I think there's a little bit of speed. These horses can sit off. Uh, the one uh, True Timber is coming up. Uh, two-thirds to maximum security who would destroy this field if he was in this uh, race. And I'm pretty sure I bet this horse last year uh, when he was in the slot, but he didn't like it. But I think uh, he's got the rail. He should sit back, uh, let Bodie and and Mucho and uh, whoever else uh, is going to be pushing for the lead and uh mr freeze uh will be up there so i think uh the one uh has a has a good shot here uh the other one is a three uh there's no way this horse is going to be the morning line morning line odds of 15 to one i was reading last night on twitter that one guy had him as the favorite uh i don't think he'll be the favorite but i think he'll land around uh five to one Four to one, five to one would would probably be the number for him. His record at Gulfstream is is amazing. He's five of six. I know he's been a sprinter most of his life, but I believe he can get this distance. He's got the great trainer, as Chris has already picked him on two of his plays today. Patrick B. and Cohn. He's been hot as a pistol, and uh, I. I think uh, the one and the three would definitely be my plays. And uh, I have a a funny angle over the years. I've listened to different trainers talk on the radio. I listen to Steve Beck. They've come on and they've mentioned things and I pick up on some things. So after the draw the other day, I saw uh, Brittany interviewing Dale Romans and, uh, he mentioned uh, what about Mr. Freeze and Dale. To, this is what Dale. He said this horse is is right. He's ready to roll, and this is a, a good presser. He, he'll he'll attend the pace, sit off of it, and uh, he'll be a price. So uh, he would uh, be my my bomb in the race. And uh, like I said, I I hit some nice uh, nice payoffs uh, listening. Uh, to the trainers. Actually, I listened to Richard Mandela in the Breeders' Cup, and he uh, he talked about Omaha Beach, and then they asked him about United, and United, he said, was never better. They found some problems. He had problems. They fixed them, and bricks and mortars was all out to beat them. If United wins, I, I probably would have had a great chance of winning the Breeders' Cup contest, but he was my, my big play of the day. Anyways, that's uh, my three, the one, the three, and uh, and the eight. All right. Chris, what do you think here? Well, the three that that Ray mentioned, I think Mr. Freeze is kind of interesting. I, I, I'd like him more if I didn't think the pace was going to be as hot as it's likely to be, but I think of the speed horses, that's the one that I think might hang on for something. And he's a price, so um, I I could use him. I'm going to really be against Diamond Oops. He's getting a lot of buzz, and I just think he's a sprinter. And I don't see any way he can win at a mile and an eighth. So I'm going to toss him out, and I think I can get a little bit of value there. I think he'll go off at four or five to one. 
he might be the favorite. It's hard to tell. I think there'll be four or five that are all pretty close in the and in the odds board. So I don't like him. I really do think he's if it was seven furlongs, yeah, maybe even a one turn mile, but going a mile and eight, two turns in a race with a hot pace, I'm I'm going to toss him. So um the other thing about the morning line is that it was based on having Omaha Beach in there. So you can at least cut your odds in half, probably even a little more um, for all the horses if you're trying to figure out what price you'll get. And now it's really hard to figure out who they're going to land on as the favorite. There's four or five that might get picked. So I'm against Diamond Oops. Um I think really this race now comes down to a two-horse race between higher power and mucho gusto. Unfortunately, neither one of those are going to be uh, a price that's worth playing. I was hoping that with Omaha Beach in there and Spun to Run, you might get a price on one of those two. Um, now you won't. Um, higher power has gotten much better ever since it joined the Sadler barn and you know, it's last few races, several of those would win this. It can sit off the hot pace. got a good rider, good post. Um, but I think it'll get bet. Um, I like that horse. I probably like mucho gusto a little more and I'm usually trying to bet against the Baffert horses, but this is a Baffert horse who managed to, to dodge the triple crown which was uh, to its benefit now as a four-year-old Baffert had a loaded stable and he had to figure out uh, how to move his pieces around on the chessboard. And he sent Mucho Gusto to Sunland for the Sunland Derby. And unfortunately he got caught up in just a crazy fast early pace that just fell apart late. He was the only speed horse to hang on for a piece, but that was his chance to make it to the, the Derby. That actually helped him because, um, you know, they they took another path, and he's run really well ever since. Um, I mean, his most impressive race to me was his Monmouth race against Maximum Security, where he shipped out there at, at this mile and eight distance, gave Maximum Security everything he could handle, even though he broke slow and went wide. And then they ran him in the in the um, Travers, which was probably a little longer than he wants to go at a mile and a quarter. But again, he ran a big race on the lead in a race that fell apart late. Um, Code of Honor, you know, won that race, but Mucho Gusto hung on again for a piece, despite you know being having a tough trip on a day that was definitely favoring the closers on the outside. So. Um, and then he, he ran a kind of a clunker at Remington, but something went wrong there and they, they freshened him up. And now he's really worked well for this and they get a gigantically favorable rider switch from Joe Talamo, who's kind of a one tool journeyman rider to, you know, the best rider in North America. Plus he's a rider who's patient and this horse can stock. And I think he'll get a very patient but a good trip because he has tactical speed and a good rider. Um, and I think this could be his breakout race. I mean, maximum security would be two to five in here. He battled with that one. Code of Honor would be probably four to five in here. 
he on a fair track probably would have won in that race. So to me, he's a very good horse that always runs well. That's been pointed to this by a, you know, the best trainer um, there is for dirt horses. And he gets a great rider switch to a rat Ortiz. So, you know, I really like Mucho Gusto in here. I think higher power is the one that might beat him, but those two, I think, kind of are definitely a couple notches above the rest in here. Um, as a price, the one horse I might throw in would be Seeking the Soul, who can pop a good race every now and then, has run before, well before Gulfstream. So that might be the one place you could get a price, is with Seeking the Soul. He's not real reliable, but as long as he's not going a mile and a quarter, he usually runs well. And this is a mile and an eighth, so... You know, those are the three I'm looking at, probably Mucho Gusto, Higher Power, and Seeking the Soul. This is not a race I'll probably be betting just because, you know, the value got sucked out of it when Omaha Beach and Spunder Run scratched. All right. Well, I will – I'm going to add one more horse to the mix that neither of you two has mentioned, and that is War Story, who has run several races, many, many races that are fast enough to win this race and he ran on july 20th at monmouth that day bal harbor was he was like my play of the day that was going to be bal harbor's coming out party he was going to rock in that race and he did he actually finished 12 lengths ahead of the second of the third place horse coal front but he got beat by war story who was seven to one and uh, War Story like just earned my re-earned my respect as a uh, as a seven year old. He won that race and he ran a really big number. Now since that race, he reacted to that number. He went to the Pacific Classic, then he ran a mile and a half at Parks and finished second, as close to the favorite. And then he won his last race at 12 to 1 at Gulfstream. It was the first time that he had been at, that he had actually won or even been in the money at Gulfstream. He's circling back to the number that he ran on July 20th. And that number wasn't even his best number. His best numbers came years ago. So what I'm thinking is that that July 20th race marked his return, that he can still run fast. He's now trained by Elizabeth Dobles, who is an up-and-coming trainer. Who uh, she's only hitting at eleven percent right now, but she's 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 been doing good things with horses, and the horse has a back. He he's got the back number to run back to. So, and he's circling back. Saez gets off. I'm not sure why. I'll have to watch the replay. I have not watched any replays in this race. But he's absolutely my pick, and I think it's between him and higher power. Of course, uh, I will lean on War Story as the value should be at least 12 to 1, maybe higher. Uh, let me just jump a little bit on War Story because he's the other price horse that I think could get in there. Um, if you look at his past performances recently, the last, I think, four or five times that he's run at less than a mile and a quarter, where they cut him back to, you know, the, the non-marathon kind of races, he has a win, a win, a third, a second, and a win. So 
he's been and it much better since cutting back than trying those longer distance even though even though for a while in his career he was doing really well in those marathon distances it seems like now as an eight-year-old anyway or seven-year-old last year that he prefers to go shorter so i think um that's another big positive in his favor i'm always a little nervous about a horse that goes from jorge navarro to another trainer uh it did win its last race against much weaker um but that's that's the one thing that makes me a little less enthusiastic is second start away from navarro but i do think this horse is capable of running well in here at a big price so i i wouldn't talk you out of that and i would definitely use that horse as well any uh, other input on this race, Ray? No, all I hope is that all the horses come back uh, well and that they'll continue to race. We'll have to see what happens with the non-Lasics. No, I don't know if you guys... It's not, a, like I said, the last two races. I'm uh, I'm hoping uh, that I'm in good shape in the contest uh, prior to these last two races. So. Did you hoping look at to the hit early. Are there any, uh, uh, it's time for spot plays on the rest of the card. If you guys have any of them. Where is my Ray, I'll I'll let you go first. All right. Well, you're looking, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead or two. All right. Um, the fifth race is a five furlong sprint. And for the Phillies and Mares, and I really like the seven-horse Ambassador Luna in that race. Um, the only problem is she's cross-entered in a race at Fairgrounds, a stakes race on sprinting on the turf. I love her in that race, too, so I don't know which one she's going in. I haven't been able to find out um, where, but I like her in either spot. If she stays here, I, I really like her. She's 8-1. to one. She's an lightly raced, improving horse that's already fast enough to win. And, you know, she has, she's not, she doesn't have to have the lead. And in this race, I probably like a little better at fairgrounds because it's an extra half furlong. But I think she's great value in either spot. So that's definitely one horse that um, I like in the undercard or at fairgrounds if she scratches. Are you ready? Um, Ray, you have any yeah. other horses? I'm just, uh, I have, I had, uh, I don't know how good this horse will be, but, uh, I had this horse in the seventh race. Uh, I, I don't think there's any standouts in this race. So I, I kind of come up with, uh, the 11 Epic Dreamer. I uh, like the way it ran last time. It popped a 95 uh, buyer. Uh, Kelly Breen's a good coach. And uh, he's come back with uh, some uh, really nice works. So it should be forwardly placed with Paco. And uh, I'm going to probably uh, put a few a few dollars on uh, the 11. And... We'll see what happens. But the card, the, the card's so competitive. Yep, oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I just say that race, uh, I think, is another race similar to the seven furlong sprint we talked about earlier that's absolutely chock full of need-to-lead type horses. And it's a one-turn mile, so it, it almost guarantees a pace meltdown. So this is one I another kind of race I just love to play the closers. And there's a horse in here that, that Scott's chased multiple times, and this is the time to play him, I think. And that's the seven-horse tale of silence who's 10 to one on the morning line should get the setup he really needs in here um to me that's great value there's a chad brown horse that will be tough as well so you'd have to use him but um uh tale of silence the seven horse in the seventh race sevens are wild i think it's a great play he ran a clunker last time but that was a, a totally biased track where he had no chance so I would toss that race. The other horse in there I kind of mm-hmm. like is Gray Magician, the 10 horse, who I think will benefit from the hot pace. But to me, Tale of Silence is a really good play in that seventh race. And I'm almost sure when Scott takes a look at that race, because he's always liked this horse, um, he'll like that one as well. Well, I actually, I have looked mm-hmm. at that race, just uh, went through the initial figs, and he's definitely... I, I love the horse. I also like Free Enterprise. So those are like the two horses. Uh, I don't know if Free Enterprise, I haven't looked at the pace scenario. I haven't looked at past performances. I've only looked at uh, figs. But I, I really like the seven, Tale of Silence. Um, I would, if, if Free Enterprise does get stuck in a speed duel, that could be reason to go against him. And, uh, yeah, I'm just noticing now that it's a mile. So I don't even know if he's gone that far yet. So so uh, it looks like mm-hmm. a, a playable race for sure. Definitely going to get paid in this race. All right. Any other spot plays, boys? Uh, I, I'm I still looking. Uh, way back, if... If you get up early, at least if you're on the West Coast, uh, for the first race, it's an allowance race. It's not one of the stakes races, but it, it's a pretty wide open allowance race. And there's two horses I like mm-hmm. in there quite a bit. The 10 horse Una Luna. So there's two Luna horses. So I'm hoping this this will be the moon, a moon day at Gulfstream Park. Um, Una Luna, the 10, I think there's not a lot of speed in here. Uh, she drew a tough post, so she needs to get a trip. But she does have tactical speed with a, an aggressive rider, so I think he'll put her hopefully in a place where she can avoid a wide trip. But if she does go wide, uh, the, there's another price horse, the four-horse sister, Hannon, who I also like quite a bit in here. Lots of upside on that horse. I think could pop a big race. Um, it also has tactical speed and a better post and Joe Bravo riding. So they're both eight to one in the morning line. I think they're probably the two most likely winners in the race. So I'll be using those for sure to try to get the day off to a, a, an early start for me. That's the first um, four sister Hannon and 10 Una Luna. All right. Well, I, have- well, I hope your 10 runs uh, a good race because it actually went against uh, our lone speed uh, in the first leg of the pick by Mean Mary. So uh, we'll see how uh, that plays out with the 10 horse. 
Which shows you that she, you know, the horse that beat her uh, last time is running in the stakes race. So that kind of, um, you know, is another reason maybe upgrade the 10 horse Uno Luna a little bit. No, I agree. I, I have a, a mark. I marked every race. This horse is in it all, at all time, 10 out of 13, 12 out of 15. You know, it runs, it only ran his worst race, his last race when he uh, dueled for the lead. And he ran seventh. Other than, than that, this horse uh, is a legitimate horse. I agree. Right. And Ben Colebrook, uh, he's a heck of a coach too. So uh, I think he's going to be bet this horse to four myself. But uh, uh, you got some Cassie's Browns. Uh, it's a good good race, but uh, definitely uh, your four and ten would be two horses to look at. Okay, well, uh, I think that about wraps it up for today. That will do it for this week's PH Pod. And Ray, thank you for joining us. And good luck in the Pegasus tomorrow. Well, thank you very much. And uh, everybody that's playing in the contest, I hope uh, you pick some uh, winners and uh, have a good time and uh, that every everything works out great for the day. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Fantastic. Great to have you. That will conclude show number 49 of the PH Pod. Good luck in your betting, cash well, cash often, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Cheers. Idiot. <laughs>